Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined by festive Pete Donaldson. He's better than Father Christmas. He's younger than Father Christmas. He drinks more than Father Christmas. He's here in London somewhere, except it's not London. It's about an hour outside of London. Pete, how are you doing? Merry Christmas. Where's my presents? That was a very professional slash confusing intro, <laughs> and I appreciate it immensely. Hello, Chris. I am absolutely gutted. Chris, you would not believe this, mate. You would not believe this. What now? What now? Netflix's Cowboy Bebop has been cancelled after one season. Oh, no. Chris, I had not, like, I, ha- <laughs> I am so gutted. I am so gutted. I mean, I've not watched it. And I've never watched or read the original anime slash manga, whatever the fuck it is. I don't know what Cowboy Bebop is. But Chris, like the internet, like much of the internet, my hands are up. My arms are up. I'm up in arms. God damn They've it. They've cancelled Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I'm so angry, I think. I don't know. What oh. happened? Only 100 million oh. people watched it instead of 120 million people. It was something like that I read. The statistics, it was it was ever so slightly under what they were anticipating. And, of course, right, the okay. reviews weren't overly great. Um, it was sort mm. of universally not liked. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't watch it. Um, I, I, I've been told I would really like Cowboy Bebop and I should probably watch the yeah. anime from the 90s and 2000s, but mm. uh, I will check it out. But, yeah, no, it happens. It's done. It's a shame, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. That it's is the way the cookie crumbles. The, it, it, is it just? Is it just because the? Um, I mean, if you know what Cowboy Bebop is, and you've watched the original anime from the, by the way, you like can't you say, say Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. It's like a sixty-five-year-old man um, having a stroke. You sound like R two D two. Yeah, is it because like uh, the people who know it uh, love it too much, and they will would never accept any kind of uh, live action uh, adaptation, aka Ghost in the Shell, etc. Uh, or was it genuinely that bad? Because the, the actors involved they look quite stylistic, quite quite, mm. quite stylish. Mm. I I don't know what um, people are expecting. Did you watch the Ghost in the Shell movie adaption? The, the live action one with Scarlett. Johansson. I did. I enjoyed the depiction of the city. 
Um, that it was a bit uh, that empty, is literally but... everything. Everyone I've spoken to, that's the that's what they say first. It did right. look kind of good, but I still feel mm. like uh, impressive well building doesn't make up for what was an utterly dreadful shit show of a film. <laughs> it was so bad. I was right. so angry and bored watching it. I just nothing about it was good. Apart from no. the world, it looked nice, which it did. It did look good. <laughs> uh, hey, but I, I, but last week I spent a whole hour just walking around, flying around a city in that Unreal Engine Matrix thing. So mm. I'll have you know, I love a world. I love I mean, a city. Yeah. I mean, the, the world, I, I rewatched uh, Akira uh, two or three days ago for the first time in a yes. few years. I like nearly cried. It was so beautiful. It was everything I want in a mm. film. I forgot mm. how bloody brilliant Akira is in the world. And also, it made me realise something uh, that... At the end of my studio, if you, you guys have seen my studio tour, there's like a a light for like a bar, right? What does it say? It says uh, right. game and drinks since 1994, and it's covered in uh, masking tape. And what I didn't <laughs> know is the team that built it, they'd modeled that on a sign that's in Akira at the, the, the bar that uh, Tetsuo and Canada go to. So ah, I was watching the, the cool. film, and about 10 minutes in, they go to the bar, and I saw my sign. I was like, oh, shit. No, it makes sense. So they did a very cool job. The prop <laughs> designers of the Japan of the abroad Japan ramen shop they still keep surprising me. I keep seeing. Yeah, things. nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, asterisks. That's good. And I do want to rewatch Beautiful. Ghost in the Shell, the original anime uh, again because the film was I need to get that out of my head. I don't know. <laughs> I need to watch. Uh, maybe I'll do that over Christmas. I need to sort of sit down and actually watch an anime. Is there like a really short iconic one? That I can watch. And just well, get Ghost it done. The shell's kind of short. Yeah. I think it's only eighty-eight minutes or something. So you can watch it. In okay. Under that an just, hour and I half? thought that was a. I thought Ghost in the Shell was like a big series. It's just one film, is it? Oh, I, see. I think there was there was a I film see. that came out after it, but it was a, it was a series. Right. Yeah, there was a TV series. I think. Uh, but, uh, interesting. Yeah, it needs, oh, well, needs to go. be rewatched, especially in the run up to the Matrix, <laughs> which it sort of directly inspired. I don't know how I feel yeah, about the new was... upcoming Matrix film. Uh, I, I'm kind of excited, but I'm also quite wary. Um, what do you think? I know you've been playing the video games. <laughs> I just mean, I, it's not even a video game. It's just floating around the city. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I watched the first. I never watched. See, I never watched any of the sequels. It was three, wasn't there? It was three in the end. There was three um, films. Yeah. Matrix yeah, Reloaded I I and Matrix one, Revolutions. Sort of yeah, that's right. Yeah, I and played a bit of the Matrix Online video game, which apparently is canon. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I'll probably I'll probably watch it at some point. My partner has watched uh, all three, so she'll probably she'll probably get involved. But uh, the, the the love for the Matrix it just upsets me that uh, <laughs> I don't I think it'll get more it'll get more love than the um, excellent Blade Runner, the Villeneuve Blade Runner film that I really enjoyed and just yacked on about for ages on this podcast. Twenty forty nine, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, it's a real shame how that bombed so badly mm. and didn't do very well. I everyone mm. I spoke to loved it. A few people said it was yeah. boring or whatnot. I can understand why it's a bit, maybe a bit slow paced or whatnot, but I think it was a masterpiece. Mm. I still, pref- people often ask which I prefer out of the two. Uh, I have to say, I do prefer the original quite a bit more still. It's a much mm. sort of, just feels a lot darker, literally darker. Everything's very poorly lit. Um, mm. And they did such an incredible job building that world. I, I also rewatched Blade Runner recently as well. And just the set is just astonishing. Like, go yeah. back and watch the opening scene with Harrison Ford sitting in front of some neon 
going to a ramen shop that this is that inspired this ramen shop and the rain's pouring and there's like a crowd of 150 extras walking around there's smoke coming out of vents and things it's just so incredible like those sort of sets yeah. where you can just look at the film over and over and just keep discovering little details little posters or signs in the background uh it's mm. just so damn cool and i love that um but yeah blade runner 2049 it's good let's watch mm. it Let's do Let's it. Watch Go it. watch that. It's Christmas. Watch that. <laughs> uh, we've got a story here from M from the Philippines. And it begins, Hi, Chris and Pete. I'm M from the Philippines. So please excuse my imperfect English. Uh, longtime YouTuber, subscriber, and new podcast listener. The story that I want to share is during my first visit with three of my male co-workers back in 2014. After spending four days in Kansai, which was awesome, we went to Tokyo via a flight to Narita. We ignorantly booked our Airbnb a few stations away from Shin Yokohama, so the train transfers were an absolute nightmare. After getting lost in train stations and taking the wrong trains that skipped our stops, a bunch of kind high school boys helped us get to the correct train. I remember arriving at Narita Airport in the afternoon. At this time, it was already past eight o'clock. We thought we'd be taking our last train for the night in peace when a clearly intoxicated old salaryman boarded the train. He was attracting some kind of attention, but so were we. Being Taurus with bulky luggage, uh, it was only natural to be noticed. He went and chatted with us in a decent but slurred English uh, and asked us where we were from how we were related, which station we were going to. And we answered with all honesty because it would be difficult to lie in this situation. He offered to come with us. We politely refused. He insisted. Good God. And by the time we reached our station, he got off the train with us. We told him (laughs) to go on ahead because we were taking the elevator. We waited for maybe 10 minutes, hoping he'd get the message and be gone for good. When we found the elevator, we joked about him taking the same elevator to meet us up here. It started moving, going up. The doors opened, and lo and behold, it was the drunk salaryman slash stalker. Knowing there was now no escape, we took the elevator with him and got out of the station in silence. I think one of my friends spoke to him uh, once in a while just to make it slightly less awkward. And when we reached a less crowded intersection, our other friend, whose voice was laced with annoyance, told the man to go away, as we already knew our way from here but we didn't. We actually didn't. Uh, Later, when we settled down in our Airbnb, I found out from my friends that the man was actually trying to talk to me. I was in my early 20s. I was naive and uh, a first-time international traveller, so I was oblivious. I just disliked how he wasn't taking no for an answer. Maybe if he was less intoxicated and creepy, we would have taken his offer and been friendly. Uh, Didn't take the fun out of the trip, and we learned which trains to take after that. I'm also grateful for my trustworthy friends that I could count on in these situations, and the vacation wouldn't have been fun uh, without them. Anyway, thanks for reading the story, guys. All the best. M from the Philippines. Um, Story there about a creepy guy who didn't know when to quit. Uh, mm. which happens, unfortunately, in, in Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, speaking to my female friends, there's always someone who doesn't get the hint, especially when they're drunk. There's a really great video of um, a friend of mine, Jake and Bake. He's a Twitch streamer. When he, used to, he used to live in uh, in Japan and go around the streets mm. meeting people. He was quite, he's quite a nice guy. And uh, in one video, I think, I, I can't remember what was going on. There was, I think he was doing a stream, right, in Shibuya, right yeah. in the heart of Shibuya. And he's talking to his audience and this girl comes over and she's clearly um, a little bit scared and creeped out and she's like shaking. And and Jake's like, oh, he- hello. And she's like, pretend you're my friend. And Jake's like, what? And then this guy comes out the shadows and he's like stalking this poor girl. 
around the streets of Shibuya. And you can watch. Yeah. It's the most fucking awkward shit you'll ever see. It's this, it's this guy just standing there, and he does not get the hint. He's clearly a little bit drunk uh, and a massive weirdo. And luckily, Jake saved this girl. And it's just, just go and look it up on YouTube, like Twitch streamer saves girl in Tokyo. And it's, um, it's really mm. awkward. But that situation sounds very similar to this um, story from M. And it's probably the same guy. Or maybe yeah. more I mean, luckily, luckily there's, there's always <laughs> certainly in the cities there's always somebody somebody around. But yeah, Jesus, I mean that, that's not something unique to uh, Japan, is it? Really? I mean, uh, there's not a single woman that I know uh, that hasn't had that uh, situation pretty much weekly. To be quite frank, it's uh, yeah. Hopefully, things will change in the future, but uh, it's not it's not ideal, is it? It's not ideal to be quite frank. It's not ideal. Um, and uh, well done no. to Jake for saving the girl. She, I was quite, it's quite Indeed. horrible. Like she's she by the end she's crying. I think because she's so sort of yeah. traumatized by this. And uh, yeah. thank God he <laughs> was there. And she had someone bags. to sort of to actually get help from because um, I don't mm. know what she would have done if he wasn't there. But uh, nasty situation in Shibuya. Yeah. Um, so Chris. I've got a new story for you. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this, man. Happy one. Happy one to contrast with the misery of the story. I mean, I wouldn't say it's happy. It's helpful, oh. I would say, more than anything else. Helpful. Uh, Chris, what can, I've seen you um, strolling around um, uh, Tokyo and Sendai and places, uh, and you have always got a mask on, uh, unless you're just doing a little bit of filming when you're far away from everyone else. Um, there's apparently, in Japan, in a university a team of scientists, and they've developed Ooh. a special kind of mask, right, that special. glow, special masks that glow when exposed to ultraviolet light if they contain huh. traces of the coronavirus. Huh. That's really clever. So, that is cool. I mean, it, it, I mean, so if you're strolling down the street and someone wants to know whether you've got coronavirus, you don't need to take a lateral flow, you don't need to do this or that, just shine a UV, just do a black light <laughs> on you. <laughs> we'll just have to replace all of the street lights oh, no. with black lights. And you can just tell who's got coronavirus or certainly who's wearing a mask that has uh, traces of uh, coronavirus. But apparently all of these, uh, it's in Kyoto Prefectural University, huh. a guy called uh, Yasuhiro uh, Tsukamoto, He's uh, he's basically set up this team that of uh, scientists that have uh, made these uh, masks out of get this ostrich eggs. <laughs> ostrich eggs? Do you know why? Yeah, ostrich because you know. Eggs? Well, well, I, I think certainly with vaccines and stuff. Um, I don't know how it works because I'm mm. not either an epidemiologist or someone who makes vaccines. But um, you're not. Whenever you get like the the, the flu, I know, right? <laughs> I'd be minted Let if me I down. was. That's what I thought. Uh, you were. That's, that's the only reason you why you're on the show. Yeah. Um, the uh, when you ever go to get a flu jab, and probably whenever you get to get the uh, vaccine the, for coronavirus, um, they always ask you whether you're allergic to eggs because a lot of these viruses, a lot of these vaccines are created from from bird egg. Uh, you know, of ovules or whatever you call them. Mm. And um, yeah, the, the ostriches are capable of producing several kinds of antibody or proteins that neutralize foreign entities in the body. And uh, back in February last year, they have managed to inject a non-threatening form of coronavirus into female ostriches. Uh, and then basically they've been able to take all of the antibodies out of the eggs that they laid. So now that's gone into a filter placed inside a, a face mask. And now, yeah, it, it, so, so now you can um, shine a, a black light, shine a UV light on a, on a mask and it tells you whether you've got any, or it shows uh, any physical man- manifestation of, uh, of coronavirus uh, antibodies. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? And it worked, right? They, they did a test with 32 people, apparently, infected yeah. with the virus, and they found all the masks they wore did glow. Um, 
Mm. So, and they faded as so the, maybe that's as the, the viral load decreased. That is yeah. really quite impressive. Well done, Japan. I know Japan's been a bit behind yeah. the old making the vaccine front, just because mm. Japan doesn't have a great history with vaccines, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So that you know that could be a good leapfrog there. Japan tech, yeah. ostrich egg tech, uh, ostrich that could change the game. Tech. How cool would that be if you just didn't have to? I, I've been lucky. I've never taken a test. Uh, for COVID, I've never had anything sh- shoved up my nose or eyes or face yet or mouth. And yeah. uh, I've been lucky because apparently it's quite painful and, and very unpleasant. Um, yeah. But uh, if if we can just not do that and have a mask <laughs> that glows that? a little bit, I'll take that. <laughs> Give me the glowing face yeah. mask. I'll take that any I'm day over of pain I'm and suffering. I'm just sick of shoving stuff. I'm sick of shoving stuff up my nose, to be quite frank. It's uh, it's very upsetting. And it makes me sneeze. And if I've got to put one down my throat, I'm going, it's terrible. Absolutely awful. Well, I'll be sure to bring some ostrich egg face masks with me when I come back to the UK yes, as please. a present. You'll be the first man in the UK to wear a Japan ostrich egg face mask. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yes, I'll do it. I'll bloody do it. Eggman. Oh, I am the Eggman. I am the walrus. We'll be back with the fax machine. Your questions, guys, in just a moment. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. 
So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got from our listeners this week? Mr. Donaldson. Oh, we got a message from Ali from uh, Utah. Hello, Ali. <coughs> or Ali, rather. Um, hi, guys. In a recent episode, uh, Chris was talking about how it's hard to eat healthy uh, when he's so busy. Does Japan have, like, meal kit services, like HelloFresh? Um, or is it, like, Lawson's Chicken? Is that the best you can get when you're short on time? Thanks for keeping me sane during quarantine. Ali from Utah. Do you get these kind of services that um, give you all the ingredients and you sort of cook them together and, 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 and bang, them in a, bang them in a big pan? Yeah, I remember I tried doing it, um, I, I think a year or two ago, and it yeah. there, there was some really good stuff, actually. Like, you do get some good stuff. Again, I'm not a great cook, and even I screwed it up, even though the instructions are like, right. put the noodles in the pan, heat the pan. I'm like, how hot should the pan be? How much water? What's a noodle? And I just still screwed it up. So right. I, I, I haven't done it recently, but they do exist, and they are pretty good. I can't remember the name of it, though. But they definitely exist. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's good. They have some really nice, authentic sort of Japanese recipes and uh, really fresh ingredients. It is kind of pricey. It comes at a yeah. price. But it's it's worth the price, I think, <laughs> if you cook. You yeah. still need to be a competent a competent cook. And uh, unfortunately, well, yeah, I am not. I was surprised at those sort of meal kit services. I've used them a couple of times before. And it's... Uh, it's actually like you still got to be able to know what you're doing. You still got to take time stuff. It's still the most complex sort of uh, recipe I've ever followed, but it mm. does make you, it does make you a little bit more kind of like experimental. And not that I needed any introduction to be honest, <laughs> any uh, any encouragement because that's all I bloody do. I thought I, I just sort of go, yeah, I'll add that in there. That'll be uh, that'll be fine, and then uh, just find myself um, ruining meals for my partner. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've ever have you, you've never cooked anything before, have you, Pete? Every time I speak to you, stuff. bollocks. Every time I see you, KFC. you're like, I've just eaten some KFC that was in the fridge for two days. And it's Correct. Like, hey, yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'm, yeah. My diet is very much uh, based on what I had last night. Again, effectively, all warmed up. But yeah, um, I, I, uh, I'm good at a fish pie. I'm good. I'm a good fish pie guy. I'll, I'll do an easy <laughs> stir fry here and there. Um, my most complex meal was probably a beef Wellington back in the day. I know I'm not a good cook. People don't need my cooking in their life, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that bit. Yeah. And that's we, the end of that. We don't need Pete's cooking. Let's, let's avoid that. We don't need that. Pete's cooking. No broad, no <laughs> broad in the pan it. for Pete. Uh, We've got one here from Vera. <laughs> he says, good evening, Chris and Pete. I'm Vera, a long-time listener and a listener from Freiburg in Germany. Uh, during my semester in Nagoya, back in 2016, I was living in a student dorm built in the 70s. While I did like its nostalgic appearance, earthquake-proof build, it was infested with cockroaches. Watching you, Chris, react to your 2012 apartment made me wonder if you've ever had any encounters with Japanese wildlife in your apartment, specifically cockroaches. Thank you both for the quality content. Keep up the good work. Vera from Germany. I am... Um, I was really lucky, actually. I've only encountered cockroaches like twice, three times in the last nine years. I remember vividly yeah. uh, in, in that apartment, the, t- the 2012 apartment that I reacted to uh, recently on Chris Abroad Channel. I was in the corridor and there was a cockroach and it followed me down the corridor. It was really creepy. And I went in my apartment and shut the door. 
and locked it. So it couldn't get yeah. in. And I looked through the little, about half an hour later, I needed to go back outside. And I looked through the peephole and no word of a lie, the cockroach was just standing or sitting oh, in front of my door, no. looking up at me as if to say, I'm coming for you. Little pigs, little prigs, <laughs> let me in. Let me in. And it was yeah. it was really weird. It creeped the hell out of me. The cockroach knew something that I didn't. It wanted to come in. Um, so, but that, that's the only time I've really encountered a cockroach, and it, and it uh, even though it happened like eight years ago, I remember it that well. It Spooked creeped me out. out that much. But other than that, I've been pretty yeah. lucky. And uh, we do have spiders here, but they're mostly outdoors, and I don't think I've encountered one <laughs> indoors. So, that's don't that, worry that's. About it. Um, Whenever you go into like a little temple or something like to, like or anything outside, like a, mm. a, a museum kind of park or whatever, you do like spiders are everywhere and they're big oh, boys yeah. and they're colourful boys yeah. and they're worrying looking boys usually. Um, cockroaches, I, like I've been to, you know, Malaysia, China, um, Korea, Taiwan, mm. and you mm. and you see a lot of cockroaches pretty much everywhere. But in um, in Japan, you you gener- I don't generally see a lot of them, to be honest. They are around. You do occasionally see them, but they... They, uh, I, I guess, may, I, I, don't, I don't know why, to be honest. It may be just a slight difference I don't know in, why. The, uh, I, in, the, I, in the pressure. I, the only other time I saw one was in a, ho- a love hotel, which I've talked about vocally yeah. a lot, how yeah. I had a, a cockroach <laughs> on my pillow in a love hotel once. And that was in Shibuya, oh. I believe. And uh, it was a very dirty hotel. So I think dirty places attract cockroaches. I do think right. that's true. And because Japan is relatively clean, by the standards of the world. Maybe that's a reason we, we don't see them indoors, but that's probably bollocks. And I'm generalizing and making stereotypes <laughs> about Japan being clean. We got a story from Peter from the Netherlands. Over to you, Pete. Oh, Peter from the Netherlands. I was wondering, can people from countries with a different native language than English participate in the JET program? Being from the Netherlands, our level of English is generally not native, but still very high, just like the English of people from Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and a lot of the former colonies of the British Empire. Please keep the work. Uh, Peter from the Netherlands. I mean, Chris, uh, the level of English in people in, you know, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland, uh, and uh, the Netherlands way higher than anyone from actual Great Britain or the UK. Like it it's is often so does. much higher. I found that to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> I found that to be uh, worryingly true, how yeah. everyone in all those countries could just speak English better than most British people I've encountered. It mm. is a shame, but uh, no, unfortunately, it's a little bit complicated. The JET program, they limit it to sort of um, places where English is the first language uh, historically, and it's a little bit tricky, right. unfortunately. So I can't, offer much advice there on that front sadly it is a shame it, it makes it a lot more difficult from for so many people that love japan to to enter the country um yeah i don't have much advice there really just do a big um, lie just just go to london lie. Yeah, go to the lie. jet meeting and just go yes hello wear a ball hat <laughs> and go yes hello i'm from england what what <laughs> yeah do that do that and uh and see what happens um no i'm not i'm not not sure really and i i haven't I, I talk to a lot of people doing this, doing what I do, and and I don't. Mm. Everyone I know from Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Netherlands. Actually, that's not true. I did meet a Swedish dude recently, and I think he was mm. a teacher. He was a teacher. Yeah, and he yeah. was on a ferry. I met him. I did a video with Connor. We was on a ferry from Hokkaido to Sendai for this wacky weekend yeah. video. Awful, awful ferry. Uh, it was so sick. But awful we met a Swedish ferry. guy on the, on the ferry. We met a Swedish guy, and I think he was a teacher in Hokkaido. Uh, and I know he was coming to Sendai. We we're like, "What are you doing, coming to Sendai?" He's like, "I'm getting 
Swedish meatballs from Ikea. And he, <laughs> of course he was, of course he was, stereotypes, course, but he yeah. was, and he yeah. was pretty upfront and he found it quite funny. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can actually teach from those countries. I'll have to investigate a bit further. Yeah. Um, all I know is of the people I work with, they weren't from those countries. So if you, if you can, it's few and far between the opportunities, sadly. Mm. Um, yeah. There's always a way in though. There's always another way. Um, yeah. Well, we'll have to dig a bit deeper. As for me, though, I'm hungry. I haven't had dinner. Keep the stories, Go questions, comments coming in to broadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week. Do it all over again. But, uh, yeah, I've, as I say, got to, get, got to get dinner now. And I'm, I'm thinking yakitori in, alone in the restaurant. <laughs> I'm going to sit alone and uh, have some yakitori because there's no Pete here. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> there's no Pete here. I, I can't I'm some off to meatballs. eat yesterday's KFC. You're a disgrace, Pete. I can't want some meatballs for my kid now. I might get in the car and drive yes. my kid. A worthy <laughs> investment of my time. But for now, guys, yeah. no matter where you might be, have a great run-up to Christmas, and we'll be back later in the week to do all over again right here on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Bye for now. Ta-ta. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.